Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. And this morning, I would like to share with you about God's Word. And if you remember, last week we talked about prayer and we spent a good amount of time trying to understand if we do not pray, what will happen? And we realize that if we do not pray, you know, we will lose the strength of God. We will lose all the blessings of God in our lives. But this morning, I just want to, you know, highlight the importance of God's word in our lives. And this is what we are trying to do this morning. We are going to understand what is God's word the authority of God's word and what are we expected to do when we study the word of God and how does the spiritual growth happens by or through the word of God and we also try to understand how powerful the word of God is that it even judges us God's word can be used at times as a mighty weapon and God's word also trains us to do the work of God and eventually God's word alone can take us to eternity so these are some of the aspects from the word of God concerning God's word and practically how do we put God's word and apply God's word in our lives and that's what we are going to see and first of all we are going to spend some time to understand what is God's word in our lives what is God's word you know God's word is nothing but God speaking to man. When we refer, when we say God's word, we are referring to the word of God, the Bible that God has given to us in our hands. And we are not talking about anything outside of this Bible. You know, people at times concerned. And I was talking to someone on the other day and then she was telling me, I have done with this Bible and I'm trying to understand there are some extra Bibles which are not part of this and I'm trying to get on to those things and study more so that I can know more about God and I said I said to her this is what God has given to you and not uh, nothing else those extra stuff you can study but then eventually I'm not sure whether those things will lead you to God Almighty but you need to study what is given between these covers and that's what is God's Word so God's word is God speaking to us. You know, when we open up the word, when we open up the Bible to read, God wants us to realize that it is God's word that God is speaking. I don't think, you know, all of us hear God's, God speaking to us audibly every day. Do you hear how God telling you something every day? Any of you hear? Sometimes people say that, oh, God is telling me to do this. God is telling me to do this. This morning I spoke to you. You know, just now God is speaking to me. Then I would say I need to doubt you. God has given to you the word of God. From cover to cover is what is spoken by God. And God can speak to us. We can at times hear the audible voice of God. But then it cannot be anything other than what is already given to us. So whenever God speaks to us, God cannot speak to us something which is contrary to the written word of God. If God is telling you something that you find it is contrary to the word of God, it is not God. 100% it is not God. You are hearing somebody else. God's word is the written word of God. 
And at times God speaks to us, again, it is from the word of God. That's the reason we need to, any revelation that we get, we need to base that revelation on the word. If we are not able to base our revelation on the word, then it is not really from God. So God's word is nothing but God speaking to man. It's not human words. You know, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21 says, Peter writes saying that for prophecy never came by the will of man. When he say refers to prophecy, this is a prophetical book. He is referring to the word of God. Prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Prophecy or the God's word was not spoken just by the will of God, will of man. But it was spoken as God prompted them to speak his word. God's word is also inspired by Holy Spirit. That's what scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Scripture says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration is prompting. Our inspiration is the kind of motivation that comes we feel within our spirit. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God asked them to speak the word. Those who have written the word. God put that word in their heart. And they wrote the word of God. Moses wrote. And David wrote the word of God. And many of the prophets they wrote the word of God. Many of his disciples they wrote the word of God. But they never wrote the word of God by their desire. Paul never said that what he felt that he did not write what he felt but he wrote what God spoke to him even though it was an epistle for a particular community particular church it was prompted by the Holy Spirit never ever people of God returned the word of God by their own desire or what they felt it was always inspired by the word by God himself Paul writes in Galatians saying that scripture is the revelation of Jesus Christ Galatians 1, 11 and 12. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul was very clear. He says, the gospel that I preach, I did not receive it from man. You know, people think that God, uh, Paul was a scholar because he was studying uh, theology at the feet of Gamaliel. Paul is very clear. He is making sure, I did not receive this gospel from any man. But I received this gospel from the revelation that Jesus Christ gave to me. It came through the revelation of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, today when we read the word of God, God wants us to have an understanding in the word of God, saying that, knowing that it is not according to the desire of man, but it is according to the desire or will of God. So eventually we can say that when we study about what is God's word, we can say that the author of God's word or the author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. He wrote this book. The book that we have in our hands was written by the Holy Spirit. You know, isn't it amazing to know that this book was written by God Almighty? Even though it was translated in many different languages. In fact, this is the most uh, translated book in many different languages today across the world, across the globe. 
The word of God was written by the Holy Spirit. You know, that's why most of the time when we, when we stumble upon a word and try to interpret the word in many different ways, we go to this commentary and we go to that commentary and we try to understand what people are telling about and we try to put our knowledge together and find out what this word is talking about exactly. You know, most of the time we can go wrong if we do not go to the author of the book. You know, any book written by an author, he's the one who can, who can well describe the book. Because he has the motivation behind writing a particular book. All that we can read is the, re, we can read the written words. But the author knows the motivation or the theme behind that book, writing the book. The same way, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is an author. So anytime, anytime if you are not able to understand a scripture, it's better to go back to the Holy Spirit and ask him, Spirit of God, I know you wrote this book. I do not understand the scripture. Teach me. You know, Holy Spirit is the best teacher. And you can sit at the feet of God and he will bring the revelation. And as we read the word of God, let's continue to understand what is God's word. Scripture says in, first, in John chapter 1, gospel, John the gospel chapter 1, verses 1 and 14. John writes saying that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You know, it was an amazing revelation that what God gave to John. Not the other, other gospels are not mentioning about this particular revelation that God gave to John. But John got this revelation as he put, puts it together. He says, in the beginning was the word. And as you see the word, the W is capital. That means it is something to do with God. And the, he says the word was with God and the word was God. You know, today, I don't know why people, you know, try to understand, or people finding it so difficult to understand the Trinity. I believe just this single word talks about the Trinity. It is written by the Holy Spirit, prompted by the Holy Spirit. And the word says the word was with God. It talks about God and who was sitting at his right hand side of God. Or who was sitting at the lap of Lord God? Jesus. And the word was with God. Trinity is well defined there. And the 14, uh, verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who else it can be other than our Lord Jesus Christ? So when we read the word, this word is nothing but Lord Jesus. This word is nothing but Lord Jesus Christ by himself. That's the reason Hebrew, the author of Hebrew writes in Hebrew 4, Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and powerful we know that christ died and he rose from the dead and he is living how can this world can, can have life today you know none of the books ever written has life in it except this book how can what what difference this makes it's printed with the same paper it's printed with the same ink and what what is the major difference between this book and the other books of this world this book is alive why because this book is christ himself the word was with God and the word came down to this earth in flesh and the word dwelt among us. And that's the reason the word of God is so powerful. The word of God is powerful. And as we go further, I'm sure this morning we will understand the importance and the power that is in the word of God. There are a couple of Greek words, probably we need to just throw them here in order to understand a little better. There are a couple of Greek words, in fact, two different Greek words, they are used often to refer to the word of God. The first word is logos. Logos means 
it's inspired word as it is written it's simply the written word of god you know as we read this word that word is the logos word given by god there is another term which is used rema rema word of god in a, in, a, in an evangelical world they say that rema word of god and the logos are almost one and the same but in the charismatic or pentecostal world the rema word of god the, sorry the rema of god makes a huge difference the rema word of god is basically the interpretation of logos by the help of the holy spirit or it is the voice of the holy spirit we read the logos and we wait upon the lord and asking the holy spirit to interpret this word of god for us and as we read the particular scripture portion lord speaks to us and that revelation can be unique for you and that revelation can or cannot be the same for somebody else and god gives you the revelation and the moment you realize that it is god speaking to you that's a voice that of the holy spirit that's nothing but the rhema word of god so the logos the written word of god and rhema word of god are hidden in this word of god in the book that god has given as long as you study the word under the anointing in the presence of the holy spirit people try to understand this book by their own wisdom they will never understand because you know what this book is trying to explain the whole creator of the whole universe you know how big our god is do you think that this book can contain our god not at all we cannot contain the, our god between these two folders god can be never contained in this but god through the spirit of god trying to contain god almighty between this book so that you can understand i can understand this uh, this god almighty and but we can understand only with the help of the holy spirit you know that's the reason people easily say take this word of god and say that the word of god is contrary they will quote one scripture from here another scripture from here and they will come to a conclusion saying that the word of god is contrary to each other and they go and write pages of pages about against the word of god people try to understand the word of god with the world wisdom they can never understand the word of god because it is written by the holy spirit you need the other sitting in front of you sitting beside you and explaining you interpreting you what this is the word of god that's the rema word of god let's continue further this morning we try to understand the authority that is hidden in god's word you know we are not talking about ordinary words we are talking about god's word so god's word obviously comes with authority as we say this is the most reliable book that we can ever read on the face of this earth and why do you say that how can we rely on this book number one it is inspired by the holy spirit prompted or triggered by the holy spirit holy spirit spoke and the men of god they wrote this book secondly we also say that this book is inerrant word of god is inerrant that means it is highly accurate with no mistakes nobody can find a mistake in this if they are finding a mistake they are trying to do it with the human wisdom there is no mistake in the word of god you know we as a pentecostal or we as a believers of god we need to be so strong that god can never mistake god can never speak a word that can be a lie this book is 100 percentage correct correct exactly 
But you know what? We need to understand the mistakes would have come the more we deviate from the original manuscript. The more we deviate from the original manuscript, this book is translated by human. You know, if you think about some of the scriptural words in your native language, you will really understand. You know, some of the scriptures, when they were translated, when they translated in Tamil, for example, they did not get proper words for the English words. And there were no such words existing in that language, and they need to create a word just only for the sake of Bible. They did that many, I'm sure they did that in many different languages. Just creating words just to suit the requirement of the Bible. So as the Bible gets translated and many translations are released today, we can easily deviate from the original manuscript. And as we know, King James is the oldest version. I'm not promoting King James, but it's better to stick on to King James or better to stick on to New King James version, which I use because this is this little easier version of the, it brings the King James flavor. It will not deviate much from King James. King James. So it is better to stick on to that older version so that, you know, we try to understand written word of God as closer to the original manuscripts. So written word of God is inherent, highly accurate, and with no mistakes. And word of God is also infallible. Infallible. That means it is perfect. It is reliable. It is flawless. So word of God is inspired, inherent, and it is an infallible word of God. Word of God is also perfect. Psalm 19 verse 7 says, Psalmist says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect. You know, God has given us a word in our hands and that word is perfect. There is nothing that we can find, nothing, no fault can be found in this book. It is a perfect word of God. Scripture also says it is a complete word of God. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. Revelation 22, 18 and 19. Here John writes, saying that, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. And he goes on and he says, If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. You know, what a curse it is. Because this book is already complete. And what are we trying to add to this book? Adding to this book, not necessary that somebody is trying to re rewrite the Bible. Adding to this book is also somebody who is trying to preach something which is not in the word of God. You know, today people go, can go on and on, on and on and preach about so many things in this world. If somebody is preaching something which is not written in the word of God, God is telling them God is going to add the plagues that are written in this book. The plagues that came upon the Egyptians are going to come upon their family. Verse 19 says, and if anyone takes away from the word, words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life. You know, what a tragedy it is from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. God is simply saying, do not add anything to this book. Do not take away anything to this book. Just preach, just study, just learn the book as it is written and given to our hands because this word is, this book is complete. There is nothing else we need to do about it. Just study it and read it. 
Let's continue to understand the authority of God's word. In Psalm 119 verse 116, Psalmist says that the entirety of your word is truth. The whole of your word is truth. So it's an authoritative book. Matthew 24, 35. Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Heaven and earth will disappear one day, but this word is going to remain forever and ever. You know, these words are written in the hearts of men and women of God. Nobody can take it. This Bible can be set on fire today. But nobody can do anything with the words which are already hidden in the word in, in our hearts. You know, that's the reason we need to study the word of God. That's the reason we need to meditate the word of God. The simple reason is one day we will come short of this book. Scripture talks about the famine that is going to come upon this land. Not the famine of food, but the famine of not getting God's word. And if we have God's word in our hearts, nobody can do anything. They may put this book on fire. Because God said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will remain forever. Psalm 119.89, word of God says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Nobody can do access heaven and do harm to the word of God. Because the God's word is very well settled already in heaven. You know what? Why God's word is settled already in heaven? When we go to heaven, we read the word of God there. We continue to read, of, we read the word of God there in heaven too. Psalm 12, 6, word of God says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. It's a pure word of God. Numbers 23, 19, word of God says, God is not a man that he should lie, not a, man, not a son of man that he should repent. Has, God, has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? You know, God never lies. So that adds up to the authority of this word of God. And we are going to read one scripture that tells us the ultimate authority of the word of God. I like the scripture, Isaiah 34, 16. Isaiah 34, 16. Listen to the scripture. It's beautiful scripture. Scripture says in Isaiah 34, 16, search from the book of the Lord. It is asking us to search the book of the Lord and read you know, we need to spend time on the book of God, search in the word of God and read. Use all the tools available for you. Use Google, use all the you know, online Bible where you can search for the word of God. Use all the available tools to search from the word of God. Not one of these shall fail. Not one shall lack her mate. For my mouth has commanded it and his spirit has gathered them. You know, what a beautiful way the word is, you know, word is, word is coined. Words are coined here. It says, it is the book of the Lord. Whose book it is? It is the book of the Lord. And God is asking us to search in the book of the Lord. And it says, none of these fail. None of these fail. Whatever God's word speaks, nothing is going to fail. Everything is going to come true. Most of all of the scriptural prophecies are already fulfilled. And the whole world is getting ready for the coming of the Lord. None of these fail. And whenever people try to say something which is not according to the word of God, whenever people try to understand, not understanding the word of God and trying to quote some scripture which are not for the current age, which are for the age which is said to come, maybe for the thousand years reign or maybe for the tribulation time, people fail. We need to understand, we need to know how to quote the scriptures correctly. None of them fail. None has, none lack her mate. None lack her mate. 
what does it mean? If you read a scripture today, there is another equivalent scripture already there in the word of God. It's a pair. You see at least another scripture supporting one scripture. You see at least another scripture interpreting one scripture for you. That's the reason for interpretation. We don't need to go anywhere else. The scripture itself will interpret the scripture. None like a hermit. And God's mouth commanded and the spirit gathered. It's like children of Israel in the wilderness gathering manna. God's, God keep on speaking and spirit of God keep on gathering it and giving it to Moses. And Moses was writing it. You know, that's what exactly God did. So this is the ultimate authority of God's word. Let's move further, try to understand. What are we expected to do with this word of God? What are we expected to do with the word of God? Simply scripture says, meditate the word of God. Let's go to Psalm 1, the very well-known scripture. Psalm 1. I'm sure all of us by heart, by heart we know this psalm, at least in our native language. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And scripture goes on saying that, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You know, what of God says in the verse, in verse 2, but his delight, who wants to keep away from ungodly, who wants to keep away from the scornful, who wants to delight in the word of God, and who meditates the word of God day and night. And only he, only he or she shall be like a tree planted at the side of the river. The question may be, how can we meditate the word of God day and night? Don't you expect me to do, do my work? How can I meditate the word of God day and night? How do we meditate the word of God day and night? Can you just take the Bible and sit in front of the Bible throughout the day? Right? And, the, and your spouse is going to hate you because you are not going to work. Always sitting in front of the Bible and reading, reading the Bible. Because the Bible says, I need to meditate the word of God during day and night. How do we meditate the word of God day and night? Morning you read a scripture and that scripture sticks onto your mind. And you take that scripture along with you. And during the day, when you get a break, think about that scripture that God spoke to you in the morning. You know, when we make that as a practice, it happens in our lives. And until the night, even when we go to bed, just think about that one single scripture that God spoke to you. Meditating the word of God day and night. And you know what scripture says? Whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. God has given a way to receive blessing on this earth. And nobody talks about this prosperity. Prosperity is here. On whom? Who meditates, meditates the word of God day and night. While driving, we don't have anything else. Think about that word of God. Think about that single word of God. And God will enlighten our spirit. And he will speak to us more. And word of God is also asking us to bind the word of God around us. Deuteronomy 11 to 18 says, Deuteronomy 11 18, Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. God is asking us to put the word in our hearts and soul 
and he wants us to bind the word in our hands and he wants to put the word in our bracelet sorry in our in our forehead now think about that how is it possible you know when you walk in the street hanging a couple of word of gods in your hands in both hands and sticking some sticker on your forehead and if you walk on the streets you know what people are going to think you know god is telling here you need to keep there's something that comes in my mind i'm not sure whether it's the right context to say that but then at least in india <clears throat> in the hindu culture people hang people make uh, uh, garlands with the leaves especially with the mango leaves and they hang the mango leaf gar garlands in front of the door have you seen that right mango leaves and they say that in you know, a mango leaf it has aromatic uh, uh, property healing property and various other things but also they they know according to the hindu mythology they know when they hang mango leaves in front of the their houses or surrounding their houses the evil spirits will not enter the, the negative forces will not cross those mango leaves and enter into their residence that's their belief but what word of god says word of god says tie the word of god everywhere around you so that you are safe you are protected from all the negative things from all the evil forces we are protected you know that's the reason we need to hang the word of god just only the word of god in our houses inside our dwelling nothing else no photos no pictures no posters nothing else just the word of god that will protect us that will prevent us not just hanging it there but looking at it reading at it and meditating on those words is powerful james 1:22 says put the word of god in practice scripture tells us very clearly just do not be just a hearers of the word but be doers of the word you know most of the time we hear about so much about the word of god we hear about prayer we hear about deliverance we hear about the reading the word of god but how do we put them in practice the more we are given the more we are accountable the more we receive the more we are expected to give you know god is making us accountable as we listen to the word of god more and more word of god also helps us to grow in our spiritual health we try to understand how god's word is helping us to grow spiritually let's turn our bibles to hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 and 14 hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 listen to this here the author of hebrews writes saying that for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of god and you have come to need milk not solid food verse 13 hebrews 5 for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but solid food belongs to those who are full age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil so the author of hebrews says you are supposed to be the teachers in the word of god but still it is required that somebody is teaching you and the way he is teaching you he is not able to feed you with solid food think about a baby of four months old can you buy a big mac and give it to the baby 
The baby is going to play with it, not going to eat the Big Mac. Right? The baby is not equipped to handle solid food. You can give only milk to that baby. You know, some of us in our spiritual lives are able to take only milk. Milk. But no solid food. And God wants us to grow. God wants us to mature. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. Here Paul writes saying that I and I brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people but as to carnal. I'm not able to speak to you as spiritual people. I'm still thinking that church of Corinth is a church of fresh believers. People of carnal in nature as to babes in Christ. You are so babies in Christ. And he says I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able to understand or receive the solid food. Let's read one more scripture. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. The book of Hebrews. In chapter 6. Verse 1. He writes saying that, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Paul is saying, or the writer of Hebrews is saying, why do you continue to speak on, teach about salvation? Why do you keep on preaching about baptism? You need to move further. You need to move further. You need to move further towards perfection. You know, God wants us to grow in our spiritual lives. And Paul talks about milk and solid food. We are just going to try to understand what is milk and what is solid food. If milk is prayer, for example, solid food is the word of God. If milk is being filled with the Holy Spirit, solid food is the word. I want you to listen to me now. You'll miss me if you don't listen. If milk is prayer, the solid food is the word of God. If milk is getting filled with the Holy Spirit, solid food is the word of God. If milk is giving your tithes, solid food is the word of God. If milk is helping others, solid food is the word of God. If milk is doing things, working, working in God's kingdom, solid food is the word of God. So what is solid food? Solid food is the word of God. You know, today we find that we are so busy doing everything. We are good in prayer. We are good in anointing. We get filled with the Holy Spirit. We are good in giving our tithes and offerings. We are right there if somebody is in need of help. And we are right there working from day to morning to evening. We are working and we are working hard. But we still drink only milk by doing all this. But only when you put your head into the word of God, read the word of God, try to meditate the word of God and consume the word of God and allow the word of God to change your mind because mind can be changed only by the word of God. In fact, Holy Spirit can have, has, has a limited access to your mind in order to change your mind. When it comes to the matter of renewing your mind, renewing your mind happens only by the word of God, only through the word of God. The solid food has to go. Think about a baby. When it becomes one year, two years, three years, if it continues to drink milk, just only milk, 
what will happen to the growth of the baby you know some of our spiritual lives are just like babies and God is telling you this morning you need to spend time in the word of God the more you pray the more you need to read the word of God the more you long for the anointing and the power of God the more you need to study the word of God and ask God to reveal the word of God because it is the word of God is God himself God is asking us to move towards perfection before we close couple of more points today scripture says if we allow this word of God to judge ourselves we can escape the eternal judgment if we allow this word of God to judge ourselves every day we can escape the eternal judgment let's read from Hebrews 4 12 Hebrews 4 12 says for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart what a beautiful scripture same thing what a sharp scripture it is word of god is living and it is powerful it is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit you know something that's the most complicated one is separating soul from spirit people do not understand you know the well-known surgeons maybe they may be very good in separating the flesh from the bone if they want to do something they may be very you know very 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 capable of separating their sinews from the tissues or from the from the part of the other part of the bodies they may be very good but nobody knows how to draw a line between soul and spirit and scripture says what can do that word of God can do that it is so sharp that's what you know the writer of Hebrews trying to point out here and of joints it pierces even to the division of joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of hearts Scripture says, Word of God discerns our thoughts. You know, thought is something that happens before action. We think and we do it. And when we do things, people will look at us and people will discern this, that, are good or bad. But Word of God discerns us before we do that. Even when we are thinking, the Word of God is capable of telling you that this is right or wrong. And once we give our hearts, once we know how to listen to the voice of God, we know it for sure that's why scripture says word of God discerns our thoughts and word of God discerns our intents our motivation behind doing things you know today most of the time what matters is the intention of doing things simple thing for example it's easy to uh, <coughs> tell that if I'm angry with somebody what matters is the what is the intention of that angry that matters to God nothing else if you are giving to God what matters is the point though the reason why you are giving to God is it you want to see that you want to give more God more to God that you want to know everybody that you have given to God no the intention is the reason why you give to God the simple reason for giving it to God maybe you gave me to Lord you gave me and I am giving it back to you. Nothing belongs to me, but nothing belongs to me. It all belongs to you. 
simple motivation behind our giving. It's applicable to all the area of our lives. And what discerns that? Word of God discerns that. And it says, it judges us right there. It judges us right there. That's the meaning of the scripture. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than two-edged swords, piercing even to the division of the souls and spirit and joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Means it judges us right there the moment we do. And if we listen to the judgment of word, the word of God, we escape the eternal judgment. Because the same word of God is going to judge us even eternally. That's what scripture says. Let's move further. John chapter 12 verse 48. John chapter 12 verse 48 He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day you know scripture is very clear if we do not listen to what Hebrew says Hebrews 4 12 and listen to the judgment of God right now we will be judged by the same word of God in the last day so God made us a mechanism for us to escape from the eternal judgment by allowing the word of God to judge our lives. The word of God is mighty and powerful weapon. Scripture says it's a sword of the spirit. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. Ephesians 6 17 scripture says, how do we fight with the devil? You need to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is very powerful, you know, when it comes to dealing with the devil, when it comes to dealing with the satanic works and the bondages, we need to use and fight against the devil with the word of God. You remember Jesus defeated Satan by using the very same scriptures. When he spoke the scripture, Satan had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Word of God is so powerful. Word of God also helps us in times of need. You know, when we are in need of something, Word of God comes right there alive in our lives. Word of God helps us in times of need. Let's read from Psalm 107 verse 20. Psalm 107 20. God's Word, Word of God says, He sends His Word and heal the sick and He delivered them from their destructions. You know, God's word has an ability to heal. You know, when we pray for someone who is miles away from here, when we pray for that particular individual, we pray the Lord, you would send the word and heal the sick. The word of God goes there and heals someone from the destruction from his or her sickness. Matthew 8 verse 8, Jesus says, but only speak a word. You know, if you remember this story, when a centurion came to Lord Jesus Christ and he wanted Jesus to come and heal his servant but he was he felt that he was not worthy that Jesus should enter in his shelter but instead he was asking Lord Jesus Jesus can you say a word that my servant will be healed you know centurion believe the power in the word of God today God wants you and me to believe the power in the word of God when we pray for someone the word of God has that inherent ability to heal somebody word of God also can deliver us John chapter 8 verse 32 Jesus says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth is nothing but the word of God. When you, we know the truth, the truth has an ability to set us free. Truth has an ability to deliver us. God wants us to know that when we seek for deliverance, God wants us to apply the word of God so that we will be delivered from all the struggle that we are going through on this earth. The enemy is trying to throw on, throw on our way. Word of God has an ability to sanctify our lives. 
when Jesus, before he was taken up, before he was even crucified, he prayed for his disciples. And one of the prayers that Jesus prayed for his disciples is what we see in John chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus prayed to God, Lord God, sanctify my disciples by your truth. And your word is truth. And this truth, when we allow this truth to be applied in our lives, this truth has an ability to sanctify our lives. Word of God can protect you and me very well from sinning. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Today, if we keep this word of God so embedded deep in our hearts, word of God has an ability to keep us away from sinning. This morning, God is speaking to us. Word of God is also a good trainer. Today, anyone can be equipped and trained to do the work of God. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Scripture says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we allow the word of God, if we allow the scriptures in our lives to correct us, to edify us, to instruct us, the word of God leads us in all, leads towards all righteousness. And eventually, you and I will be well equipped to do the work of God. You know, God doesn't use people just raw. God takes them through the process of equipping them. God takes them through the process of instructing them and correcting them so that they can, be, they can become a mighty weapon in the hands of God. Word of God equips you and me to the work of God. Psalm 119 verse 105. Psalm 119 verse 105. David says, Lord, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Today, as we do the work of God, as we do the will of God, if you allow the word of God to show light on your way, on your path, word of God is able to guide you, even in the dark situation, even in the troublesome moment, word of God has the potential to guide you and lead you. Word of God is a good trainer. It trains you very well so that you will be used in the hands of God as a mighty weapon for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. Finally, word of God gives you eternal life. Word of God is the only reason for eternal life. Today, if we meditate the Word of God, if we read the Word of God, if we allow the Word of God to work in our lives, the Word of God can eventually lead us to eternal life. You all remember an incident that took place when Jesus was ministering on the face of this earth. There are many people following Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there are many disciples they were following Lord Jesus Christ. But as they listened to the word of God that Jesus spoke, as he was ministering them, as he was teaching them God's word, scripture says people were finding it so difficult and they were worried and they were so astonished what kind of doctrine it is. It is so difficult to follow what Lord Jesus Christ is teaching. And the Bible says many of them left Lord God. They just left Lord Jesus and they just went back into their own profession and into their, according to their own desire. Scripture says they found the doctrine was so difficult. Even today people find this teaching is so hard. They try to follow Jesus but then they are not able to follow God because they find that this word of God, this teaching is so difficult. And at some point of time Jesus turned to the disciples and he asked the disciples, even if you want to go, just go. 
Even if you think that this teaching is so difficult for you to follow, just go. But you know what? Peter came to Lord Jesus Christ. And he looked at his face. And he looked at Lord Jesus Christ and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Lord, whom shall you we go? You have the word of eternal life. And Jesus told him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Peter got a greater revelation on that day, knowing the word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is able to bring us. It is able to make us and equip us so that we, will, we can go to the eternity. And today, that's what exactly the word of God is doing in our lives. And as we allow ourselves as we allow ourselves to be soaked in the word of God, the word of God has the potential to work in our lives. It can correct us, it can edify us, and it can show the way in which we need to walk so that eventually we will go to the kingdom of God. And I'm sure this morning God is speaking to all of us. And God has told that word of God has the ultimate authority in your life. And God has told that if you meditate on the word of God, if you meditate on the word of God day and night, whatever you do, it will prosper. It will prosper prosper and this morning God is telling you that you need to be drawn closer to the word of God you need to spend more time at the word of God you need to spend more time meditating reading and embedding the word of God in your hearts and if we do so God can equip you and God can use you effectively in your king in God's kingdom and eventually we will all go to the eternity and live with Lord Jesus Christ and our God the Father and the Holy Land with the Holy Spirit eternally forever and ever in the heavenly realms and I pray this morning God may bless these words for you and God may strengthen you God may give you wisdom and God may give you motivation and God may give you interest to spend more time in the word of God Let's all close our eyes for a time of Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.